Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. It's Monday night. You know what that means. It means we're going to do our best Wednesday night impersonation as we are here, the three of us together, for what should be a very entertaining Monday night, talking about Monday Night Raw and all the like. Hello, everybody from around the world. If you're watching live, if you're listening on demand, wherever you get your podcast too, we welcome you as well. I am Justin Lamar coming to you from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, north of the border, always with me on Monday nights. He is Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame bound referee extraordinaire mr jimmy corderas and south and the beautiful island of puerto rico she is our demon diva isa uh hello to you both isa welcome uh back and uh, how was detroit it was very busy it's very busy we were all over the place a lot of activities that we were able to attend uh but it was a lot of fun got tons of great interviews got a couple of interviews uh got to bond with baron corbin over puerto rican food that might have been my favorite thing of the whole weekend Talking Puerto Rican wow. food with Baron Corbin. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, his, his, is his wife? Yeah, yeah Puerto okay. Rican. Yeah, that's exactly why. But it was funny when I, when I brought it up. He started name dropping restaurants and foods, and I was make, talking about making some sofrito. I was like, oh, you're honorary Puerto Rican now. Like, that's it. 
You're in. <laughs> yeah. we'll, have in we'll have to get you in one of his food videos that he does. Uh, all the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Corderas, how are you on this Monday night? I'm doing well, and if you both come up to Toronto, I'll have to take you down to Greektown. Hell yeah. We have to. We have yes, to. absolutely. Hell yeah. Uh, Jimmy, nice to see that you're back and rested after our long marathon <laughs> into Sunday morning. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how rested I am. I mean, you know, it was a, a holiday weekend up here in Canada. It was a civic holiday today. Yeah. So um, we we enjoyed ourselves. We, had, you know, got together with family and uh, we had a good time. Very good. Very good. Uh, let's see, the chat room has uh, been active even prior to us starting live here. Of course, you can always check out that link on YouTube if you want to kind of get in on the community, a little watch party as we're always going on. Or if you also want to be part of uh, Issa's watch party, she's doing that one live across her socials. So uh, fear not. You do not have to be alone uh, when you watch uh, pro wrestling. Uh, and of course, everybody's filing in here. We appreciate it. And again, if you are uh, watching live, uh, please hit the like button. Uh, you fill out the survey that's in the about, leave a nice comment, tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. And if you're listening to us after the fact, that's great. Please tweet any or all three of us and let us know where in the world are you? What are you doing when you're consuming this podcast? Would love to know how we're getting you through your day. Let's uh, start off with some news here before we jump into a, a busy Monday Night Raw. This is uh, some sad news. Uh, Sonia Deville, it was announced, uh, the news broken by TMZ today, that Sonia Deville has suffered a torn ACL. She is out indefinitely. Of course, she right now currently a tag team champion with Chelsea Green. Uh, presumably that's, well, she's not going to be holding. We'll see what they do booking-wise moving forward. But, uh, Jimmy, you never want to see an injury to anybody, much less when they're in momentum holding the title. And then we'll take it an extra mile with Sonya Deville. I think a lot of the community just happy to, to see her return to the ring, return to normalcy after the very scary incident that she had uh, it was, I think it was like two years ago at this point uh, mm -hmm. with the, um, uh, the, the the stalker and the home invasion. So this just right. gutting news here. No, absolutely. It, it, it's sad. It's it's an unfortunate reality of this business that the, the possibility of injury exists. And I know people say, well, it's pro wrestling. It, it doesn't matter. This is very physical and very demanding on the body. And unfortunately, like, like I said, Injuries do happen, and it's 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 just hopeful that it's not too bad. Yes, a torn it was a torn ACL. Yeah, you know it is that. Yeah, that is a big deal. So it's going to take some time, and like you said, you know, people are wondering, oh, what's going to happen with the titles? I'm more concerned with what's going to happen with Sonia. I hope she recovers well and doesn't try to rush it back. I know the old school mentality was get back in there as soon as possible, get well, get a hundred percent before you try that. Issa, uh, Sonya Deville noted it, and I certainly saw it uh, said many a times on uh, on on X uh, that the uh, women's tag titles have a bit of a curse following them around. Yeah, uh, it's it's no doubt. There's, I don't know, I don't know what it is. Uh, I I I I think that whatever whatever Sasha and Naomi did, we're gonna have to take some stage. We're gonna have to cleanse them. I just want her to get better. I hope she recovers soon. It's a little sad that, that, that Chelsea and Sonia made sense as a tag team. I know we have seen ever since the creation of these tag teams, a lot of women thrown together that didn't even make any sense. Even on the original tournament to crown the first tag team champions, there was a lot of teams that were thrown together. These two made sense. It felt like two women that deserve, you know, this opportunity. And this is unfortunate timing. I hope she gets better soon. And I really do hope that we continue to see Chelsea on our screen because I, I was enjoying this run. Yeah, it's 
so they need to go to Vegas and pull Papa Shango out of there and, and get some get some reverse course on the voodoo <laughs> with Oof. these tag team titles because mm-hmm. uh, it's it's starting to seem really real. Uh, so of course our best to her, um, and, and we'll we'll wait and see. WWE acknowledged on Raw they acknowledged a story about the injury, but they didn't uh, address the booking and the future of the titles any further. So mm-hmm. we'll stay tuned for that. Uh, over some happier news, this is company wide for WWE. Uh, the numbers are in. They touted it via press release. And, uh, yeah, they are printing money right now in Stanford. As Saturday's premium live event, SummerSlam, uh, of course, from Detroit, Michigan, and Ford Field, recorded the largest company gate, uh, so ticket gate, uh, for any non-WrestleMania event, uh, $8.5 million. $8.5 million generated off of the tickets for SummerSlam. Um, they also said that the uh, SummerSlam was the most watched SummerSlam in company history. No surprise there, considering uh, the, uh, the the potential viewership with Peacock and that the show broke into the top three of most watched WWE events on Peacock. I, I assume probably right there with the last uh, two manias. Um, it's also noted that they had a lot of sponsorships, of course, as you saw. Uh, Slim Jim, C4, Rocket Mortgage, and all that in total. Again, highest sponsorship revenue for a non-mania show generated Seven million total for the uh, for the overall total to be up twenty three percent from twenty twenty two. Merch sales were up sixty percent compared to a record set two years ago with SummerSlam. I mean, this is this is just insane. <laughs> Isa, you're 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 a numbers person. This is just. I mean, this is this is this is. Ins- I mean, eight point five million for something that of tickets for something that wasn't WrestleMania. I. I had one of those moments where I was there and I looked around and I know that a lot of times people make fun of these attendance numbers or this and that. I don't think these numbers were bloated. It felt like there was 60,000 people there. In addition to that, not only am I a numbers person, but I'm seeing it, right? I have been making it a point to travel to at least the big four to cover them with Lucia Libre online and the amount of, of growth in the interest in, in the product, in, in the attendance. Like, I took a video outside of the Superstore before it even opened. It was a line wrapping around the building of fans waiting for the Superstore to open. Triple H mentioned that in the press conference, there was over 100 uh, outlets, or like myself, out there covering. I remember the very first event that I covered two years ago. There was there was not even half of that, of the amount of outlets covering the event. The, the interest in WWE right now it's hot. Whether people want to love it, love to hate it, whatever it is, you can't deny it. It's there. Yeah, Jimmy. Uh, you know, yeah. fans and critics and whoever can get caught in the weeds over why didn't this guy win a battle royal? Why didn't this guy get a briefcase? Uh, is this person going to AEW? Is this person coming to whatever? But when when you go high level, when you go to the things that I guess at the end of the day matter, which is the almighty dollar, WWE is laughing and skipping their way to the bank right now. Yeah, it just goes to show you that they are doing things right now and they're catering to an audience, a wide range of audience. And don't get me wrong. I know people are going to say, oh, here he goes taking a stab at AEW. It's not a stab at them. I want them to do better. And to do better, you have to attract a larger group of audience instead of just targeting wrestling fans. And like you said, Iso, you were down there and all the outlets that were down there covering it that were not specifically wrestling you know, outlets were amazing and they were touting, touting it tonight on Raw. You saw, you know, everybody from ESPN to Fox News to yeah. Yahoo Sports, CBS, you know, you name it, they were there and they were covering it and they had stories on it. And that's what generates interest. And once people tune in, if they find something interesting, 
they will tune back in. And that's they're hitting some right notes right now with a lot of stuff they're doing. And you can critique it all you want and say, well, you know what? I didn't like the finish to that match. And so-and-so should have gone over, like you said, Justin. But at the same time, they have generated interest and in it's showing in the numbers. Well, and I think what more of these mainstream uh, outlets are starting to find, it's kind of like a, almost like a perfect storm, right? On, on the first hand, you have the fact that um, – you know, a writer strike and such in Hollywood, that's going to slow things down of content coming out of there. So you still need fresh live content to commentate on, to, sh- to share, whatever. Obviously, pro wrestling, they're finding out what we already all knew. Um, wrestling fans are diehard, and they will watch everything. You know, they'll watch clips from press conference. They'll, they'll, they'll watch all these interviews. You know, e- even if Issa was one of 10 people to interview Baron Corbin, there's people out there that are going to watch every interview, you know. So it's like they're, they're finding there's that, and then the, and, you know the, it, it, they're also finding it's just this. It's like a trickle effect. It's like you know again, wrestling fans are so diehard, and, and the way things spread virally with pro wrestling, I don't know. I just think they're they're really finding that at this point in time now, um, given the landscape that's changing of content and how you consume content, that uh, pro wrestling is kind of um, reliable in a way. It's funny that you said that because I, I was watching uh, SummerSlam, obviously, there. And as soon as I saw the, the camera zoom into Priest's disappointed face, I was like, well, this is going to be a meme. It took like 10 minutes for it to literally take over my timeline. And I was like, I knew it. Like, it was Fox. And it was a Fox Sports account. Like, like Bleacher Report. Everybody went ahead and posted it. I was like, it's crazy how fast everything is happening with pro wrestling. It's fun. It's a fun time. And I love that you mentioned that about the fans because I always speak very highly of that. I'm like, wrestling fans are loyal. They'll travel to all these cities to go to all these big events. Like, they spend money. They're invested in the product. It's it's, it's good time. It's fun. And it's fun for us. Yeah. I mean, look, and even, even Payback, which is, you know, by name, it's obviously a secondary show. It's not one of the big four or big five. Payback's up next. Labor Day weekend here in Pittsburgh. And even after what we'll talk about here tonight in Raw, I can already see two or three very interesting matches yeah. that look like it's, they're going to time out to that. And that's before we even go to the bloodline on Friday and see what mm-hmm. we get on that mm-hmm. side of things. So, I mean, they are they, they are they are on a roll right now. It feels like they're trying even on these B-level pay-per-views because, like, even like you were saying, we got backlash here. And that I love that card. And that is what they consider a B-level. Not- yeah you know, mm-hmm. pay-per-view that they would try. But Triple H mentioned that on, on his press conference appearance about people complaining about maybe some people being left out of the card. There's a lot of shows to, still coming up. There's a lot mm-hmm. of TV. So yep. they have a lot of great stories to tell. Yeah, no, they definitely feel like they're treating every premium love event as uh, as, as something special. Let's, let's, let, let's not make it a throwaway event. Let's let's make make people believe they must tune into it. So uh, let's talk about tonight's Raw and uh, what is starting to transpire. Uh, the, we kick it off with Cody Rhodes, who feels on top of the world after Brock acknowledged him. Uh, he feels like he can beat anybody in the world. Cue Seth Rollins music. No love loss here between Rollins and Rhodes. Uh, Rollins says, let's put that to the test. But then here comes Judgment Day, and they remind them that they run Raw. And uh, Judgment Day is only out there. It's only uh, Rhea, Dom, and Priest. And as they're doing that, Finn comes out of nowhere, and he attacks, and all hell breaks out. And lose. Here comes Sami Zayn to try to even the odds. So a six-man tag match of Zayn, Cody, and Rollins gets made to go up against the Judgment Day. But as the night goes on, we get some other advances that I'll touch on just to, and put it all here in one thread. Uh, backstage, we get Priest. He confronts Finn Balor, who's talking to J.D. McDonough, somebody, a fellow uh, countryman who was known for 20 years. And uh, Priest, not real happy with Finn coming out of nowhere and doing that attack. 
doesn't feel like they're on the same page. They're in each other's faces. Uh, J.D. McDonough happens to say, you know, maybe if you get rid of that briefcase, that'll that'll stop these problems. And then later, we see J.D. McDonough backstage attacking Sami Zayn, effectively taking Zayn out of the match. So J.D. McDonough has inserted himself here, altering the look of that. So now Rollins and Cody need a partner. Shinsuke Nakamura enters, and he says that he would join them. Uh, so a lot goes down here, Issa. We'll, we'll put a pin there because we'll save the match and how it all ends for the end of this podcast. Mm-hmm. But just on the opening promo and on the the soap opera that we that was tonight, uh, Judgment Day and the getting to the main event, what did you make of this? I, I love that Cody came out and addressed the Brock thing just because what we saw from Brock and later found out was unscripted. That just doesn't happen. I was even like, what am I watching when I saw Brock? you know, embrace him like that. But I did think he talked for a little too long. I was like, I really heard you talk about Brock for like three months, 20 minutes every show, like wrap it up. He hugged you. Good for you. I just want to give a shout out to Judgment Day because they were doing a lot of little things tonight, even when they weren't talking. When the camera was just far away, you could just see the stare downs between Finn and Priest. Even at moments where the camera was, they weren't really the main focus. They would not stop. They would not let it go. And I just, I love attention to detail and they're making sure that they are doing that. He felt like Finn was like burning a hole through Damian Priest's back during their entrance. And I just love that because that is one of the stories that I couldn't wait to see what we were going to, you know, get to um, tonight. So, yeah, overall, I thought this was great, but I didn't think that if you look at SummerSlam, there's a couple of stories that you're like, where are we going to go with Seth Rollins? Where are we going to go with Cody? Where are we going to go with Finn and Priest? And I didn't think like we got the answers to that, but I think we will get there. In the meantime, good continuity. Jimmy, uh, is the creative for Judgment Day, is it taking uh, a successful page out of the Bloodline manual, which is, you know, we, we, were, we have internal strife, but there's no clear, obvious way where this is going to go. I, what, part of me could say, okay, we're going to have Priest versus Finn at payback, but then no, you enter J.D. McDonough, perhaps J.D. McDonough steps into, you know, or, uh, you know, Priest goes to cash in and Finn's, spoils that like i mean i feel like there's a lot of ways to go and that's 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 a good that's a good situation to have am i right absolutely it's a good way to to go and a good situation to have because you have several options and you keep the fans guessing especially the ones who think they know what's happening as far as borrowing a little bit from the bloodline storyline hey if things are working let's try it somewhere else you know obviously don't make it exactly the same but just you know little elements kind of similar if it's working, it's working, and it seems to be working with Judgment Day. You know, we we see where the, where the bloodline is right now. It's the most dominant story, you can argue, in all of pro wrestling right now. And Judgment Day on Raw has kind of taken over. You know, even with someone, you know, say, we, we got Cody who's over huge. You got Seth who's over huge. But that Judgment Day storyline has got people going, "Oh, where's this going?" It, especially when you know you add that little tension, which we'll talk about again later on. Yeah, um, uh, there's just there's just a lot to dissect. It really is, um, you know. It really, I mean, it re- Judgment Day really is running raw. I mean, they occupied the show tonight uh, on several levels, and we haven't even talked about Rhea, and we'll get to mm-hmm. her. I do appreciate the different directions that we can go, but at the same time, I do feel like the story is different. I feel like there's no clear leader on who the judgment who leads the Judgment Day. They feel a lot more put together where with the judge line it was always roman with his minions you know that are falling mm-hmm. apart and i also feel like 
the, the championship wasn't really the main focus. Like people in the bloodline didn't want to come after Roman's title. They're trying to come for being the tribal chief and all this. Where I feel like the, the tension between Finn and Priest is over the world championship. And so I feel like they are doing the thing where you can go so many different routes, but they do feel like two different factions and they do feel like two separate stories. So I have great appreciation for that. Yeah, we'll get back to Judgment Day. Uh, of course, part of the main event, we will touch on the main event. It is, set, is again, for those who like to use this podcast as a resource of what should I go watch, uh, we'll get to the main event. It's definitely worth watching because, uh, yeah. obviously, aside from the great uh, just action, there is uh, a bit of a swerve. So we'll, we'll get so to that. So you're not going to talk about Seth Rollins' yellow shoes? Do you want to talk about Seth Rollins? What comes to mind when you look at his shoes? First, I'm like, duck, rubber duck. Then I'm like, no, nah, it looks like cheese. something you, you wear in the rain. You thought cheese, okay. yeah. Well, I've heard of cheese head, but cheese shoes. Cheese shoes. <laughs> and he had the glasses to match too. Yeah, well, yeah, it was it was an impressive oh, oh. look. Well, Here's you know, here. they, they were in Minnesota, and you know they're big rivals with the Green Bay Packers, so maybe it was a shot at them instead of cheese heads. It was, uh, you know, cheese feet. Uh, there we go. There we go. And and Rollins is a uh, he's a Chicago Bears fan who's a rival to the to the. To Minnesota and to Green Bay, so maybe he was just maybe maybe he was. He's yeah. stepping on them. He's stepping, stepping on. He's stepping in the cheese. Yeah. Cheese. Yeah. Also, are we gonna address how weird uh, Sami Zayn's elbow is? Am I the only one who saw that? I I did. What it? Yeah. Like it, it, is that? Is it always like that? I I I never noticed that before, but it was weird. It, was it looked weird. like something was not right. And I mean, I'm double jointed, so nothing looks right in my arm, and that's it. Still doesn't look like. Yeah, that. I mean, I don't, I don't want to elbow shame anybody, but if you go back and look at the elbow when, shame when he's on the ground, he does it is bulging out like a giant wow. softball. Yeah, it was uh, weird. That's all. So I felt those things needed to be addressed. Back to Seth Rollins' weird look. Here's here's a, here's a crazy thought, uh, and, and I mean, I guess God bless America. He pays somebody. He pays a stylist to come up with this stuff and get his size and get the stuff he what a job to be the stylist oh stylist is such a fun job yeah especially when you got a lot of creative liberties which is to say you have no rules with him yeah pretty much so uh uh, keon robinson rather uh, super chat isa glad to see you back thank you um so yes uh very yes uh, yeah cheese um i guess i didn't even think about cheese but but now that we're pining it together with with the football i I could go for that (laughs) All right, moving on. We have a uh, fatal four-way, and this is for a shot at the Intercontinental Champion Gunther. And it's uh, four guys who all have had a little rough, rough go, a little you know, been shortchanged one way or another. And it's Ricochet versus Minnesota's own Chad Gable versus Tommaso Ciampa versus Matt Riddle. Uh, this is exactly the match you'd think you're going to get between these four. A lot of traffic crisscrossing, a lot going on. All four are baby faces, so that's a very unique dynamic. Rarely do you get, you know, WWE doesn't even do baby face versus baby face very often singles, much less a fatal four way. So that's kind of a fun dynamic to watch to see the fans kind of uh, pick and choose here. But uh, Vince McMahon's not booking because the hometown guy won. Chad Cable gets the <laughs> he win. He broke the curse. <laughs> he broke the curse. German suplex pin gets the win. And then uh, what's a, a feel good moment? His uh, young son uh, looked to be, I'd say, about probably four years oh old. God, so cute. Wearing the same singlet as him, uh, he hoists his son on the shoulder, and they do a victory lap. A thank you victory lap <laughs> around the ring. So, Jimmy, uh, you and I both put over Chad Gable every single week. I always say he's Kurt Angle, Owen Hart, Love Child kind of uh, result, and it looks like he is going to get a uh, serious shot at Gunther, who is approaching, in a matter of days, the Honky Talk Man's IC title record. 
No, it, it looks that way. And it's good for him because I think uh, they're starting to get the idea that here we go. This is the guy that we could put some, uh, you know, the, the horses, you know, I, I'm trying to figure, remember how that saying goes, you know, like uh, hook the horses up to this guy or whatever. Uh, it, but, you know, like you said, I've been a big fan of Chad Gables for a long time and said that this guy has got the potential to be the the second coming of a of a Kurt Angle kind of thing. But, uh, yeah, the only issue I had with this match was coming out of SummerSlam, you know, we had Ricochet who had a heck of a match with, with Logan Paul, and he's getting a reaction. I was hoping that he would get a little more something in this match or get something out of it. I don't feel like he... Um, benefited in this match. He was in there and helped make the match a good match, but at the same time, he didn't benefit at all. And he's another guy who, you know, the crowd wants to see elevated, so to speak. And I don't think he got elevated at all in this, but Chad Gable, big time elevation in this match. Uh, Jimmy, Bernie, DC's got you. Hook the, ha- hook, hook the carriage to that horse and let it ride. Thank you, Bernie. There we go. Yeah, Issa, uh, that, to that to Jimmy's point, you know, Ricochet, he loses at SummerSlam, but obviously he's in the most viral match ever against Logan Paul. But then, yeah, you throw him here in the mix uh, amongst uh, Fatal 4-Way, and even then doesn't come out with it. I mean, are, are, is Ricochet back to where he was a month ago, or do you still view him as a rising star? I still view him as a rising star. I think um, the fact that we did a little bit to protect him in the end of that Logan Paul match, uh, does say something about what they're trying to do with him and featuring him on this match tonight also I think helps. I thought everybody looked great in this match. Um, I, I thought the right person won. I Shout out to Bernie. I saw you highlight it. When, <laughs> when Gable did the thank you and <laughs> Matt Riddle just said, you're welcome, bro. <laughs> like, I just laughed so hard. I was like, what is that? It was hilarious. I, you know, I'm going to flex and say I broke the news. If you guys saw the video I posted out today, Chad Gable told me on Thursday he was going to come after Gunther. And Gunther, uh, when I told Gunther what Gable said, he just acted like that's real cute. I'm like, you need to be worried about this guy because Chad Gable is good. The feel-good moment afterwards, the, the crowd reaction, everything about this was perfect, but the match was definitely a banger. You see those names and you go, oh, and they exceeded expectations. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. They gave him plenty of time, so everybody got their stuff in. I was a fan of this. Absolutely, and this was all part of a uh, commercial-free uh, first hour of Raw. Uh, so, mm-hmm. which, which I found funny because they touted their sponsorships, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that, So, but the first hour of Raw is commercial-free. <laughs> anyway, yeah. little funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so very, again, very entertaining match here to watch. And as we noted, between the promo uh, beforehand and then the post-match celebration, uh, some feel-good moments or some funny moments, depending on what your taste on the buffet is. All right, uh, so we're going to get a match here between Nakamura and Big Bronson Reed. Uh, Bronson Reed, uh, Wade, a new commentary tonight for Raw. Michael Cole and Wade And he made a difference. And he made a difference. It did. And Okay, so real quick, we'll put a Stop on Nakamura, Bron- Bronson Reed. So yes, new uh, new commentary. They, they've they've uh, changed the commentary teams up. They have moved Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves to Friday, and they are going to be flanking Michael Cole, who's still going to run the the deal on Friday. But then they've also put Michael Cole back on Mondays with Wade Barrett. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, word on the street being um, the, the the you know the. That's really liked by the spot. It's really liked by everybody that that has an influence to WWE that they like Michael Cole. They they like him to be the guy running the show. And Michael, look, I think he's the goat. I think he's 
to do the job that he does at the level he does for the time he does, it's just amazing. And by, and by the way, I joke too, but it's also serious. The guy sits there and does four hours of SummerSlam commentary at high level and never has to go to the bathroom. That's incredible. Wow. That's um, I do. I do agree. It did make a did make a change. Uh, it made an improvement. That's, I don't want to knock on Kevin Patrick's. I think he's probably working really hard, but it's a tough gig. But mm-hmm. Michael Cole just has a level of energy and narration that, is, and especially since Triple H has been in charge, Michael Cole has been let loose more. He's able to just kind of be a little bit more. Uh, but Wade Barrett wanted to wanted to scream for a tsunami, but Big Bronson Reed misses a tsunami, and that's going to allow. Uh, two King Shasas from Nakamura. So Nakamura, just in this moment against Big Bronson Reed, Jimmy, uh, gets the win, uh, which did this This is before he then later shows up and offers himself up to be part of the main event. So logical, if nothing else, because he needs to win, right? No, absolutely. And, and you know, Bronson Reed is a heel, and he's going to team up with other babyfaces. So you want Shinsuke to look as much like a babyface as possible, and come, you know, defeating a Bronson Reed in 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 solid fashion the way he did without uh, using any heel tactics helped and tell people, hey, maybe Shinsuke is not turning heel. Maybe he's he is, a- you know because there were sorry to sorry to cut yeah. you off there, Justin, because there were signs of that in the past, without it being like totally, yeah, he's turned. Sure. Issa, you and I never get to talk uh, on Monday nights too often. Uh, we don't ever get to talk about Bronson Reed. What do you make of big Bronson Reed since he's made it uh, his way to the main roster? I like him. I like the presentation. I love the entrance, that shot of him from like behind. I think it's so good. It's such a nice touch. But he's felt a little bit directionless. And and again, they you know the Nakamura story seemed to be going somewhere, but now they kind of like just made him take a back seat to put the Nakamura story over today. And I'm a big fan of Shinsuke, you know that, so I'm not going to complain about it. But I thought that they were doing really big things with him, and now it just feels like we just took a step back with him again, and I don't know where we're going from here. Wrestling a lot of repetitive matches for no reason, where he doesn't have a real feud. He hasn't had a real feud that I can tell you, oh, my God, this feud, this is what made him. So I wish to see a real storyline with him. Almost we'll get into it later, but I think what they're about to do with LA Knight could be like the thing that really gets into where everybody wants to see them. I need that with Bronson Reed as well, because I don't think that he's had that one story that makes you go, holy crap, this guy is it. And he's very accomplished and he's done a lot of things, but there are fans that are not familiar with his work outside of WWE. They're probably not too impressed, but I think his presentation and in the ring, he looks incredible, but they haven't given him any good stories. Yeah, no, all, all very fair. I'm a big Bronson fan. Uh, I always say that every week he gets the people to their feet by the time he gets to that finisher. And it is something right. it, is, it is part of that. When you buy a ticket, you might not think about it when you're buying the ticket. But then once you're in your seat and you see him come out, you go, oh, yeah, we can see this guy. Wait until you see what he does when he goes to the top rope. You'll right. never believe it. Um, and, and, play, and, and getting Shinsuke to win two Kinshasa's, I do think it, it just goes over like how much it takes to put this guy down, which is good. Yes. Yeah. 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 And uh so, yeah, we'll, we'll see where Bronson goes. And you're right, in the moment here, it kind of felt like, okay, Nakamura, you know, wraps things up here with Bronson Reed. But, okay, what, what what's next for Nakamura? Of course, we find out later he's going to be part of the main event. So stay right. tuned to that. All right, Becky Lynch, the man coming out. She's hyping up her match next week in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, against Trish Stratus. Uh, out comes Zoe Stark. She says the man is scared of her. Uh, and, and then as they are talking about, uh, you know, who's tougher, who's uh, the, the top woman in the division, here comes Shayna Baszler fresh off her victory against Ronda Rousey. She makes note of how she made Ronda pass out and she drove her out of the WWE. So a lot of uh, a lot of rumors and social media posts and, and, and scuttlebutt to believe that Ronda 
at least taking some extended time off, you know, is she completely done with WWE? Time will tell. Or is, is anybody ever completely done with pro wrestling? Right. Um, but Issa, uh, Shayna, I mean, she's got the, I mean, she's got the cards, pun intended, to play right now that, that she's yes. the only one that can say that she used a submission hold to beat Ronda Rousey and that she ran Ronda Rousey out of town. Oh, so good. So good. Everything was really good here. I even like uh, Zoe Stark's interaction with Becky before she came out. I, again, big fan of little details. I love that they had Shayna came out when uh, Zoe said, I'm the baddest, you know, because uh, obviously Shayna's win now certifies her as the new baddest woman on, you know, WWE. Shayna looks so incredibly badass. And I think the result was the right result. We knew that Sharonda is interested in, in being done for a little bit, like you said. So I did think that Shayna needed the win here. But for me, the, the, the most important thing is how do we follow up? Because Shayna is one of the most dominant NXT women champion and she hasn't felt that way in the, in the main roster. Now, seeing her come out tonight after doing that to Ronda Rousey with the black eye saying, I'm ready to fight again. What a badass moment. Like, I, I just loved everything about it. They gave this to, again, because Zoe Stark is another one that always looks like a badass. Her look is incredible. And they got 13 minutes on TV. Like, everything about this was just so well done. And losing to Shayna Baszler doesn't hurt anyone. So, no, I'm not going to. I saw some narrative around the social. So, oh, they're going to do Zoe like that. She lost to Shayna, who just beat Ronda. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. But, again, Shayna looks so absolutely badass with that black eye. And I'm, I'm just happy that it seems like we're going to go in the right direction with her now. Yeah, Jimmy, I agree. The, 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 I mean, the visual of Shayna coming out there. And, and she's got bandages on her arm, black eye. Her eye can barely open. I mean, holy hell. Um, I am a little confused though. So she has a match against Zoe. She beats mm-hmm. Zoe, which is the right thing to do. She does the world's baddest slam later in the and, and and Becky Lynch is on commentary, and we'll get back to Becky in a second. Becky's on commentary, and then after beating Zoe later in the night, we see Shayna confront Becky backstage and basically say, "I didn't need your help. I didn't need your support, and I'm coming for you. I haven't forgot about you." Mm-hmm. So it seems like they are staying committed to Shayna being on the heel side of the fence, or is she just so badass and a loner that she's just kind of, I hate the tweener term, but right. is, she, is she just straddling the fence between face and heel? What do you make of Shayna Baszler? I'm, that's what I'm trying to figure out myself. I'm trying to figure out what direction are they going with her? Are they going to turn her heel again and, and put her on that side of the fence? Because we see uh, when you do have, for example, two baby faces, or even like earlier we talked about a, a fatal forward with four baby faces in the match, you kind of divide the audience. You, you don't want your audience really divided and cheering, half cheering for this person, half cheering for that person. You want a definitive, per, you know, or at least dominant person that they, they are cheering for because you're going to have those fans that cheer for the heels regardless. But yeah. you want that heel versus baby face because that's what sells and that's what people, it, it gets people invested in it. But what they're doing with uh, with Shayna right now is a little bit confusing. Uh, you know, I'm a little on the fence whether I like where it's going or not. And I hate to be the cop-out guy and say, I'm going to wait and see where this goes. But I'm going to have to wait and see where it goes. Because you don't want to lose Becky, who's, you know, one of your top female baby faces right now. I'm going to disagree with both of you guys, and I'm going to pull this one out of Finn Balor's book, how Finn Balor is making a seven-year story work because of what it cost him and the scars and all that. I think the main roster push to Shayna Baszler was lost when she lost to Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. And if she brings that up, and if that's why she's after Becky, take my money. 
I actually think I forgot that that even happened. Right. I didn't. I'll never forget. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about Becky for a second here. Uh, Becky Lynch is on commentary. Obviously, she's a week week away from her big match against Trish, her payoff match, a match that many thought was going to be a SummerSlam match. Becky's on commentary, and Becky's drinking lemonade. Now, for those of you that haven't been following things as as, as in the weeds, we'll, we'll, we'll go in the weeds for you here. Uh, a lot of thoughts of maybe matches were cut, this and that, SummerSlam. Eight matches on SummerSlam, still a very long event, four hours plus. Uh, Becky had a post on social showing her what looked to be at home in the kitchen, slicing lemons, making lemonade, because she had nothing else going on that weekend. Coincidentally or not, a question's kind of posed to Triple H at the press conference that Issa was present at post-SummerSlam, where uh, you know Triple H is kind of saying, like, look, if I don't have things lined up in, you know, if I don't have things in the, in, the, in, in the holster, if I don't have backup, if I don't have things ready to go creative-wise, I've failed. You know, if somebody gets hurt and we need a new mat, you know, and so he's basically saying it's all we got to ha- always have more. We got to be ready for the next event. And this show is plenty long. Talking about SummerSlam. Uh, and at one point he uses the the cliche of when you have, if you have lemons, make lemonade. So Becky Lynch is now out there drinking lemonade, a pitcher of lemonade, serves it up to Wade Barrett. Wade Barrett's first comment is this lemonade is very good. It's not it's not bitter at all. <laughs> Uh, Issa, just because you're at the press conference, I feel like I'm going to toss to you first here. Uh, are we? I, I, is somebody playing chess? Is somebody playing checkers? Are they all ribbing us? Are they all having a good? Did, did, did Becky walk back in through Gorilla? Did her and, and, and Hunter have a laugh? Did Hunter look at her and say, "Who the hell brought? What stagehand brought lemonade out? I didn't. What's what's going on here?" Yeah, I think that this is all becoming all an inside joke, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the first thing, like Becky, did a lot of good job trolling on the socials this weekend. Like the first thing that went viral is like that she was in Detroit, and then she posted like, "There's a lot more palm trees in Detroit than I remember," because she's in LA. Like Becky is just standing up for herself. Um, I think this is all a laugh. They pull an AEW one here. I feel like a very niche group of people knew what all these references were and I felt that felt very AW to me where they made these jokes that if you're not following all of these things outside of what you see on TV you're not gonna understand so some of us got it I got a great laugh out of it I'm pretty sure not everybody got it but hey I think it's all an inside joke at this point yeah Jimmy um uh, you know I mean Issa and I both had dealings with with triple h on 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 a on a media level but you obviously you you were corduroy to him you traveled the road (laughs) with him for many a years uh is is this the kind of thing he'd lean into uh yeah i could see triple h having a little bit of a say in this one and so or or even if it was brought up by by becky what if it was her and probably went to hunter and said hey hey trips you know is what if we were to do this and you're oh i like that that's good you know what i mean he's he he doesn't take things personally like that you know what I mean? So he's he's cool with that kind of stuff. And I like the fact that they're going with it. Not everybody could be like Brock and do go into business for themselves. Let's put it that way. Right, right. I got to assume this match against Trish, main event next week, last match? It's got to be. Especially you're in Canada and, you know, you talk about baby faces. Trish, regardless of how she's been <laughs> presented on television for the last little while, in Canada, she will get cheered. Do they want that, though? I guess they they're going to, you know, reference and highlight the fact that this match is happening in Canada and Trish is regarded as the superstar in Canada and they'll play it off that way. So, you know, and almost make it a Canada versus us kind of thing. 
which is kind of funny to me. I mean, I, I don't know. I guess, you know, of course, they famously did it very successfully with Brett in 97. But it's funny to me. Trisha Toronto, she's where you are. Manitoba is many hours, many, 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 many hours and, and several provinces over. <laughs> it's well, one province over technically, but it's such a. Yeah. All right. All right, all right. It just, but, it's, it's, it's funny to me to like. Uh, <laughs> just funny. As I say, it's, you're from the USA, so you should be here because you know, looking at it for a country instead of first state. Right, right. If they should right. start introducing everyone from USA and they have to share them instead of their hometown. Right, right, it's right, it's right. because the, you know WWE is viewed as a US company. Right. You know, and don't exist. So if so if you're from Canada, if you're from Canada, all the Canadian all of Canada's behind you. Pretty much. Yeah. Sounds like Puerto Rico. Yeah. <laughs> Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. All right, well, we'll we'll talk about that next week, but uh, yeah, a lot to look forward to with that one uh, to see how the dynamics play out. All right, up next we get Otis versus Ludwig Kaiser. This is introduced to us because backstage, uh, Ludwig uh, decides to let himself into the Alpha Academy's dressing room, and he's telling Maxine she's got all the potential, but she needs to stop hanging around uh, people like Otis. Uh, you know, maybe she would do well in Imperium. Otis comes in and uh, challenges him to a match. So here we go. We have this match, and. Uh, while this match is going on, there is a distraction that happens for the ref, and then Gunther appears, and he hits Otis from behind, and that's going to lead to Kaiser's win. Uh, and then after that, as, they, as Imperium starts to beat down Otis, Chad Gable runs out to, to chase him off. Very appropriate, obviously, because, again, Gable is now the, the new challenger for Gunther. So that works. But, uh, Jimmy, I want to turn to you as the ref. Uh, I think, but maybe I'm wrong, and you can tell me I'm wrong, this was a very smooth ref turn was distracted. Gunther was in and out. I mean, like it was a, it was a very smooth transaction of ref distraction outside of interference. Uh, there was not a lot of ballyhoo to draw this out. Uh, what was your what was your reaction to the way they did this this angle this or not this, angle, this spot? Well, I was okay with it because, like you said, it was quick to the point, and it, it like you said, he was in and out, and that's the thing. The, the, what we get a lot of times is with these ref distractions is the ref is distracted for so long. And I say this all the time, the heat goes to the wrong person. It goes to the referee for being distracted that long. And you don't want the heat going to the referee. You want the heat going to the right person, which is the heel. And that's what happened in this case. Isa, again, <laughs> Isa, again, you and I don't get to talk a lot about Monday Night Raw with each other. So uh, Ludwig Kaiser, he at one point it looked like he had Gunther, very dominant Gunther, and then you had his henchman. Now it looks like you have Gunther, henchman Vinci, but Ludwig Kaiser has kind of started to elevate himself. Yeah. Part of it's, I guess, the way he talks, and he's just kind of standing out. What do you make of uh, Ludwig Kaiser? He's always stood out to me a little bit more than uh, the Vinci, obviously, but I wouldn't mind seeing a singles run for him, but I also wouldn't mind seeing Imperium with the tag titles eventually at some yeah. point. I, I I mean, there there. it was weird because... Like you said, I feel Ludwig is slightly elevated, but when they didn't have Vinci, it also felt odd. Like, I was like, please bring him already. Like, it didn't feel like Imperium was together. They didn't feel like a thing 
when it was just Ludwig and Gunther. Um, but yeah, I don't think that I would mind seeing a solo run from him. I think he's great. He looks the part. He looks like a million dollars. He can talk. I love seeing the backstage segment for him because we always see him like doing that epic introduction at SummerSlam, like goosebumps when he introduced Gunther. He looks so good. But it's good to see him kind of like doing his own thing here and continuity with Alpha Academy being so involved with Gunther. I, I like everything about this. I thought the match was great. And to Jimmy's point, I barely even noticed the rest distraction. I, I didn't pay attention for a second to the stream. And next thing I know, I'm like, oh, what just happened? So it was that fast. It was that smooth. It was very well executed. Let me ask you both this before we move off of this, uh, before we move off of the IC title for the rest of this podcast. Um, so I, I think Gunther, he's like 30 or 31 days away from breaking Honky Tonk Man's all-time record. Mm-hmm. Don't ask him um, about it. <laughs> oh, did, did, did you ask? I did. Okay, good tease. Um, is it enough, like, could they try to make it even a semi-main event? Could they really try to build payback for say? Could they? Could they? Could they try to have the IC title really anchor a premium live event? Given how much they built Gunther, how over Gable seems to be, and then you put in the historical statistics of the days. Like, would you buy into payback being largely built around? Can Chad Gable stop history from happening? Uh, I don't know if I'd build the entire pay per view around that and make that the main the main story. But I would make make it one of the main stories. Let's put it that way. Yeah. We have seen the Intercontinental Championship main event um, pay-per-views in the past for less than this. This is super important. The one thing that I would say is you have to start mentioning it a little bit more. Because I remember noticing it on a social media post. I think it was WWE on Fox posted, you know, like the longest reigning. And that's when I was like, oh, my God, he's almost there. So I feel like like Chad Gable needs to mention it in his promos moving forward. I feel like Gunther needs to start talking about it. But I, I do think you could. I think this is a very, very big deal. And I think he's really bringing a lot of... Uh, he's making this title feel important again. And, and if you really want to elevate it, putting in as one of the main event, if not the main event, that could be the way to go. He is it. That guy, I know we talk about it, airport test. Yeah, he definitely passes it. Have you seen him? But he oozes it. Like, when he walked into that room, everybody just stopped and looked, and we all got scared. That's the kind of presence that he got. He's got that. I don't know. There's just something. He's special. Gunther is very special. Yeah, I mean, you know I love the airport test. Uh, Isa, actually, I said this um, on the SummerSlam podcast uh, to, to Jimmy and Jack. I, my long-term booking, I don't know if he's still IC champion or not. Probably not by this point. But my long-term booking is next year at Mania. He's Brock Lesnar's opponent. Oh, he um, he's mentioned that. It wasn't on my interview. It was on a different interview. They asked him, you're doing match. And he said he wanted Brock. And I I pulled out my credit card and gave it to him. I'm like, yeah. okay, <laughs> whatever yeah. you want, take my money. Well, <laughs> well, and especially given what we saw at SummerSlam from Brock, you know, obviously Brock's in the business to help make the, the 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 next gen the now generation i should i shouldn't even say the next you know that would be that'd be nxt superstars so i i mean i could see brock taking some time off but he, obviously if you have yeah. brock healthy you're not going to not have brock at wrestlemania for the box office draw uh but brock doesn't need to be, be, be involved in titles but brock and gunther that would be something that's like all right 
But even if he still has it, Brock has never won the Intercontinental Championship. I don't even know if he's even gone for it. And that's a story you can build alone. Brock Lesnar has never won the IC title. And even Gunther still has it. Have one, eliminate the other in the Rumble and make the story from there. You can make exactly. the Royal Rumble. Rumble. He Rumble. doesn't have to win Rumble. it in order exactly. for us to make that story. That, that, so you can really like do something right. here. And and if you nice. if he has a title, Brock has never gone for it. That's a story right there. Well, the the way that Brock in his uh, face sold Keith Lee years ago in the Rumble when he mouthed, you know, look at this big mf'er. Mm-hmm. You you have Gunther and Brock throw down a Rumble pretty intensely. I I think you got people sold. And, and the way yeah. that Brock sells, because I will die on the hill that Brock Lesnar is the best seller in WWE. Oh my God, I need to see Brock sell one of these shops. It oh would be goodness. so entertaining. Like, oh, I'm here. I'm here for it. I, I was standing in line to interview him, and I heard the person say, what is your dream match? And I'm like, please say Brock. Please. And when he said, I want Brock Lesnar, I'm like, my God, take all of my money. I'm, I'm buying ringside. <laughs> I like, I need to see it. Big, meaty man slapping me. That is that is the ultimate big, meaty man slapping me. Uh, because we got that on, on, on Saturday with Drew. But imagine someone like a, you know, there's a different vibe there. Yeah. There's a different, like, yeah. oh, my goodness, if he hits Brock like that. I can, and then, you know, the the smart people will start saying, well, if he hits Brock like that, will Brock kind of go into business for himself? And that's going to be the other draw for those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to be in Philly. Uh, cue the Rocky music. <laughs> All right. Well, up next, maybe one of the highlights of the night. Uh, this is this is one that I can uh, uh toot my horn and, and, and say follow my twitter a few days ago i was calling my shot uh backstage in the night we saw the miz he was ready for his photo shoot but he's the miz gotta wait because la Knight is here getting his photos taken yep and later miz comes out to cut a promo now i, I don't like to be long-winded for promos but i feel this one is just due so hang with me here for a second please let me talk to you miz comes out to cut a promo and uh, he's like talking about how L.A. Knight is not showing respect. Miz is talking about how, you know, in his day when he came in, you came in, you introduced yourself, you shook hands. L.A. Knight hasn't done any of that. All of a sudden, L.A. Knight comes out <laughs> to introduce himself. But the Miz refuses. He says L.A. is just the flavor of the month. He calls him an attitude era fanboy cosplaying in the way his I scream. Ring. The way I scream when he said that. Ellen <laughs> Knight says, all right, you've decided to make it personal. Miz says he's been fighting for 20 years in WWE. What about you? Where have you been, Ellen Knight? Ellen Knight says, yeah, you got a 20-year head start on me because you've been safe. And Ellen Knight's a dangerous man. Miz says you're not on my level. And, and L.A. Knight say, no, I'm a dangerous man. I'm the guy that, that, that that's going to ruffle feathers. I'm the guy that that's not going to take that. Ab- I'm not going to be kicked out of the locker room like you were, this and that. Miz says, you're not on my level. L.A. Knight says, prove me wrong. Little scuffle comes down. BFT finisher hit by L.A. Knight. So uh, a lot of reaction from the crowd. I, I just 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 getting to, 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 to tout when I got him. I had said this weekend, I said on Twitter, that based upon the promo of mentioning the Miz the way he did on Friday's promo uh, about the Battle Royal, eliminating Miz at the Battle Royal on Saturday, I said, look, move LA Knight over to Monday. What a great next few could be for the Miz. The Miz gets the best heel heat of anybody 
LA Knight is getting the most over babyface reactions. What a perfect formula. And oh, by the way, LA Knight, look, he's over on SmackDown, but look, SmackDown's crowded and busy, especially because of the bloodline, and rightfully so. Move LA, LA Knight to Mondays where there's more time to fill. Uh, that seems to be where we're going. Uh, Jimmy, give me your thoughts on LA Knight. Yeah, and The Miz. I loved it, especially after tonight, because you saw that passion in The Miz when he was cutting his promos. You saw that the, the, what felt like legit heat, legit anger. And you know what? That's what it's all about. You're getting people to question, like, whoa, they're bringing up stuff like, you know, Miz's uh, um, indiscretions back in the day, getting thrown out of the locker room and all that sort of stuff. This is starting to get personal. It felt personal. And these guys knocked it out of the park, especially I knew Miz could because I know the guy. And, and seeing that passion and fire come out of him tonight was nice to see. And L.A. Knight just, you know, the, the guy gets it. And the guy's got it. Issa, talk to me. I love this segment. I think I'm going to go back and watch whatever version of it WWE puts on YouTube as soon as we are done. I said, I see it, right? I've been to shows. I hear the reaction. I see people being so high on LA night, but I haven't seen. I told you that about Bronson Reed. He hasn't had that one feel that makes me go, man, this is the moment that LA night was made before he gets elevated to whatever is next. And LA Knight can go on the mic. So why can't we put him against someone that can do the same and, and just watch him have a wrestling match on the microphone? Like a stick battle, right? And this is exactly what this was. The Miz was so good. And that is somebody else that's been lost in the shuffle and feels a little bit wasted because we haven't seen him involved in a storyline where he can do what he did today, which is just talk his shit, pardon my French, and now he has somebody that can dish it right back to him. And this is like, if you're here for storylines, this is like a dream come true, like this this particular field. I love everything that The Miz had to say. I thought The Miz had a lot of really good birds in there for him, and I thought that LA Knight came back even stronger. The, the, the Attitude Era cosplay popped me huge, and I know it popped everybody. I don't care how much you love LA Knight. You had to laugh a little bit when he said that. LA Knight calling him safe, bringing bringing the story that we know about the Miz. Listen, I'm here for this, and I really do think this could make LA Knight. People want to see LA Knight in, in main events involving title pictures. He needs to have a, a defining moment and feud, and I think this is it. No, I agree. And look, <clears throat> here's the thing. I think the the lines felt personal. There was there was it was so rich tonight. This this gave this is this is the kind of build you need when your next paper or next premium live event is four weeks away. So you don't have a lot of time in, in some respects. This this advanced things. I mean, they can announce the match tomorrow morning and say this is happening at payback, and I think you're ready I'm to go. Ready. Right? I don't even have to see another interaction. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but here's the thing: that attitude era cosplay, and I know that LA Knight was recently asked in some interview about like, you know, do, you know, do you think you're too much of a Rock or Austin ripoff? And he and he basically just kind of said, well, I, like I watch those guys, I'm inspired by them, so I'm sure there's some. Isn't everybody inspired? Exactly. By at this but, point, <laughs> but but my point being, if the Miz, if the Miz, who is a 20 year vet who's done all the things that he touted off, he had nobody could take away all the things that are are on his resume. When if he's willing to say on a microphone, I'm calling you an attitude error cosplay. How many other people in this current era could you say? looks and feels and sounds like they're even trying to be added to the era to even capture that such magic and jimmy you were there for it 
that's a that that that, that it's almost like there's a compliment buried in there. Yeah, I think there is a compliment buried there because you know, like you said, the the Attitude Era. Uh, that was a great period, a great time, especially for business. So for him to kind of play off of that and to compare it to that is putting him over. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I said it on some of my streams where I'm like, if there's somebody to replicate and get inspired with, there's nobody better to do it than The Rock. And I know that some people don't remember this, but The Rock hasn't been on WWE television as a regular character for 20 years. So what is wrong if somebody's recreating what he did? It was magical. It was electrifying. And we're, you know, I don't think he, I think he sounds like him. And I think he takes pointers. But I see references from Attitude Era guys on almost everybody that comes out. Even even when I see Judgment Day, all I see is The Undertaker just because of the color team that they pick for Judgment Day. Like, everybody's going to be inspired by the people they grew up watching. And, and maybe 20 years from now, we're still here <laughs> talking wrestling. We're going to be talking about a new generation being inspired by the people that we're watching today. Like, that is how it works. And I'm perfectly okay with that. Right. And like, and, and, what, and, and what about LA Knight makes you think rock and awesome, right? It's, it's the snarky, quick one-liners yeah. that he that, that he can pull off. That's like the Rock. Okay, if you can even dare to be like that, like the Rock, that's a win. It's the simple, yet memorable and easy to latch on catchphrases like "Let me talk to you." Like that's the bottom line, or "Yeah," or "What." It's just all it is is just pulling the most basic fundamentals of when you have the audience on it. And everybody and I and I saw forty year old men in that audience tonight when the camera cut away, and I saw kids that were ten or younger. When yeah, when yeah. when all when all of them and in between are finding you cool, whoo! That's that's a run right there. Exactly, like you said, it's the little things. Not only like uh, the catchphrases and all that sort of stuff that people can get behind. It's the little pauses at the right time so that the crowd can react the way they do. He interacts with the crowd, it, and it doesn't feel like, oh, here he goes. He's going into wrestler promo mode. It feels like it's him, and it is him. Yeah, and people are buying in. It's funny to me. Um, just a quick personal story before we move off of it. Uh, this is probably over a year ago. I was um, after WWE event. I, I went to the hotel bar area next door just to kind of kill some time until I was ready to, so I could get an Uber that wasn't going to break the bank. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just sitting there having a nightcap as I do. And LA Knight comes down, and he's the only wrestler in the bar. And he goes and he sits. He's, he's on the opposite side of the bar away from me. And I wasn't going to go bug him. I don't, you know, whatever. But I just see him, and you know, a few people turned his recognized and whatever. But just they, they 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 left him alone, which I actually thought I was like, oh, I was actually happy. It's like, oh, good, let the guy have a let the guy enjoy his meal and have a drink and let him be whatever. And uh, and I'm just sitting there thinking now, I'm like, if he walks into that bar now, he's not getting. Oh, I saw him get yeah. trampled by fans and. I, I would say this hotel in, in, in Detroit was very good. It was very different. Like the lobby's in a different floor from when the cars pull you in. It, the, the fans still figure it out. And I, when I was leaving the media day, I he was coming in and I saw him get trampled. And I was like, yep, you reached a big time, buddy. You're not going to be able to get away walking around the hotels like you used to back in the day. I know exactly which hotel you're referencing because I my uh, last time at Ford Field was 
there with the Steelers for a Steelers Lions game, and I that, that that hotel is where the Steelers were. Staying. It's like it's it's a it's a mind. I was happy yeah. because I was like I felt like that hotel was gonna make it a little bit difficult for the stalking that we usually see, yeah. but but some of them still figure out at least where they were getting dropped off at. So no, it's I, the stalking game never. It's sees, ridiculous. No, yeah, it's it's, it's ama- No, not to cut you off. Sorry, no. Justin, but it is amazing when wrestling fans find the hotel and then figure out ways to, it's just incredible. The TV do, hotel, as they call it. I'll do you one better. Yeah. Because you know, if if it's a major town like Detroit, if it's a major town and the arena's here, and especially if WWE's ran the city, which WWE's ran every major city ever. So there's no, you kind of start to, you can figure out pretty quickly where they're going to be. Right. Here's one that I still, from my, again, personal experience, that's not even WWE traveling. Years ago, when I was still doing the Chair Shot Reality Podcast, that show, uh, probably 2014 or 2015, we were bringing Vince Russo in. Okay? We advertised we were bringing Vince Russo in, the, the famed editor and writer. That's it. All, we advertised he was coming in. But we, but we don't even advertise like we don't we don't even make it public what day we film at that at that point in time, right? You'd have to. Anyways, go to the airport to get Vince. Vince, greet him at baggage claim. There are people, there are fans, and I'm saying at least two dozen waiting, and they are there. It's not like they just lived at the airport and were waiting to see celebrities. They were there because they had specific Vince Russo related pictures or merch or whatever, and they wanted him to sign. And I'm like, how did they know? Like, so they must have watched and knew that he's coming to Pittsburgh generally this week. Yeah. They must have then had to figure out where he's coming from. And they, and I, I was just baffled. I was like, this is insane. Like, and then, you know, like, I was just, we've had other people, like, we had a Matt Hart, we had other, other bigger names, respectively speaking. But, you know, Vince, I was just, I was amazed. And at that point, it, it clicked to me. I'm like, there is a population of fans out there that this is just their deal. They are going to. There are, and there are some that will find someone that works for the airline, that works for the hotels. I will say, I have seen WWE run the same city. I have visited the same city for different events, and they have started doing where they're not staying at the same hotel every time. Sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But I have seen them trying to switch the hotel, but it doesn't matter. They figure it out. <laughs> like it does. Like at this point, it's like just find, sign a contract with one of these chains because even switching the hotel once you're in a major area, the, people are gonna figure it out immediately. And I gotta tell you something. When I go, I actually try my best to stay away. Like not. I try to figure out which one is the hotel and I book a different one just to be able to have a drink at the bar at the end of a long day. Because if you're staying at that hotel, you're not even gonna be able to do that. That's just how right. it goes. Well, everybody's gonna be stalking you out. So. Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> It's like it's like the movie Casino, where Joe Pesci's got everybody paid off in the city to tell him when when people are leaving, so they can go rob their rooms. It's insane. Right. It is, it is. And then you go to the conventions and you see all of this like sign memorabilia that they're selling, and you can't help but to think, are you one of those airport people? Are you one of the hotel people? Mm-hmm. I'm not buying this. <laughs> Crazy. Tremendous. All right, moving on. Viking Raiders, they have an open challenge. Who's going to answer it? But the new day, Xavier Woods. And Kofi Kingston, after many months being off TV for uh, Kofi with an elbow uh, or elbow, ankle, excuse me, uh, injury, uh, they come back. Woods hits a flying elbow and gets the pin. The New Day, or at least two thirds of them, back and appearing to be on Raw. What a boost, Issa, for Monday night in the tag division if New Day is uh, here to stay. I am so happy to see them back. Um, I, I, it's still a little bittersweet because you can't help but to think of Biggie. 
Mm-hmm. I was uh, I saw Biggie uh, at a community event, amazing event. WWE they they, they raised enough money to deliver sixty thousand meals to to families in need in Detroit. Really good stuff wow. they did as wow. far as community. Sixty thousand. Sixty thousand. Wow. Really fun. Like, they did a lot of cool stuff, and we were able to attend some of their community events. Always, always, always love attending those. And Biggie said that he was told by his doctor that he probably shouldn't even come mm. back. So I'm watching. You know, knew they come out with that biggie statement in the back of my head. So it felt very bittersweet, but I don't want New Day to be done, right? And Biggie, whether he comes back or not, I'm sure he will want his voice to continue and be successful. So I was very happy to see them here. Again, we talked a little bit about people that feel directionless. It doesn't get more directionless than the Viking Raiders. I don't I haven't done I don't know what they're doing with them for the longest freaking time, but happy to see the New Day back. Good solid match, but Viking Raiders lose again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jimmy, uh, what's your what, what's your uh, temperature on the tag division, specifically these two teams right now? Yeah, I have to agree with Isa. Look, it, it's nice to see the new day back. It's it made sense for them to win, but at the same time, you know, unfortunately, somebody had to be the sacrificial lamb. And like you said, the Viking Raiders seem directionless right now, so uh, they were the they were the ones chosen to be put in this position. Maybe there's it's time to change their um, pr- presentation. I hate to say gimmick, uh, you know, but change their presentation completely. Take away this Viking thing and redefine that tag team and and uh, Valkyrie as well. Yeah, I, I I somewhat agree with that. I think that um, maybe let's they can still be the Viking Raiders. She can still be Valhalla, but maybe let's let's scale down the uh, supernatural feel of the speaking to the gods and this and that, and let's try to see if we can add a little bump of realism. Maybe that's changing the ring gear. Maybe that's changing the way we speak. Um, maybe you know so again, still have Valhalla, and maybe she still has a. A kooky kind of feel. I, mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe she's looking at tarot cards. Maybe she's like, but let, let, let's try to see if we can still let them have an identity to stand out, which is the Viking Raiders. I don't know. That's gimmick infringement. That's that's well, car, that's cardless job. Maybe not tarot card. Correct. Maybe not tarot card. But like what my point is, maybe let's not strip them of their identity. Let's still let right. them have unique names and 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 some some I will use the gimmick word, but maybe let's try to get a little bit more real to it. Let's you know, yeah. let's let's get a little more realism to it because it does start. It is starting to feel um, dated, ninety-five cartoonish. Okay, it do, it feels like something that, that that they would be putting on. WWF would be putting on in nineteen ninety-five. It does. Feel I, that way. No, I hear you. I hear so, you. I, and I like and I like all three of those performers. All three of them are very good performers. So I'm right. happy that they are on Raw. But I, I think, yeah, I think we are starting to lose the audience of well, what is this? Right. What is this? So. Uh, but good to see the new day back. That is that is good to see. Uh, it is a new day. Yes, it is crazy. New days debuted a decade ago, and I can remember talking to people then about. Oh, people oh, hated them. They, they just debuted. <laughs> it was it was a, it was racially motivated at the time, based upon uh, news events, and oh how how oh they're gonna break up and this and that. And here we are, a decade I later. Can't believe they have, it's been a decade. They've never oh, broken wow. up. They have still together. Hopefully, even if new, even if Big E can't wrestle, Big E's such a charismatic talker. Put him on the mic, but let, let, yeah. him, do, let him do commentary. I don't know. Hmm. Something. That's yeah, something. 
All right, main event time. Let's finish the story here of the uh, Judgment Day threat. So, pun intended. Pun intended. Judgment Day versus Cody, Seth, and Nakamura. But before the baby faces, he can even come out. Raquel is attacked, or Raquel, excuse me, Raquel attacks Rhea Ripley. Crazy battle and pull apart of, uh, I mean, just whatever. And so I say this right here. Uh, look, Raquel's still not cleared, but here in Payback in Pittsburgh. I'm doing this because it looks like I got I got I got a I got a Rhea Ripley interview lined up in a couple weeks just before that event, and it looks like it's going to be right there in front of Rhea, probably having to defend against Raquel, which that's exciting. So let's just talk about this right here. Uh, Issa WWD doing everything they can while Raquel is not cleared, they are still making her a physical threat to Rhea Ripley. As they should. I mean, Rhea Ripley and Raquel had uh, one of my favorite matches in NXT, and I have been craving for this feud to happen. If Raquel is not clear, you need to, you need to do something with Rhea. Rhea's uh, title reign hasn't been what we all wanted it to be. She hasn't really had that feud again, right, after winning the title from Charlotte. I need it, and I think that Raquel can be that person. I'm excited. I love seeing Raquel come out here and go crazy. This was great. It was a great pull-apart, and yes, I need, I need a feud for Rhea ASAP. She needs to defend that title payback yeah jimmy i i feel like i'm excited to see raquel i've talked about this before raquel physically and stature can match up against Rhea, so that i'm excited but at the same time i am so far away from even believing or wanting to believe that Rhea is anywhere close to dropping this title yeah i don't i don't feel it at this time especially considering what judgment day is uh the story going on with them as a group but at the same time uh, you can get around her not dropping the title to, to Raquel, you know, obviously selling the knee or the leg, you know, injury. She's not technically cleared to participate. Maybe they go into uh, the PLE where she she shows up with her lawyer and and, and the contract in hand where she assumes all responsibility for any injuries that she may sustain, right. any further injuries she sustains in this match. And she's right. putting her career on the line. Uh, to get this title match against Rhea, and that ends up being what costs her the match and Rhea retaining. That's really Again. good. You'd think he'd worked on the business at some point. Yeah, Jimmy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. So once they finally get uh, that to settle down, we get the match here again. Cody, Seth, and Nakamura up against Judgment Day. And uh, ultimately... Uh, eventually, uh, Judgment Day with Rhea out there trying to use the numbers game here to their advantage, and that's when Sami Zayn comes out of nowhere and he attacks to try to even the odds. That then allows for good fortune for Cody Rhodes to hit the crossroads, and uh, Cody and company get the win. Babyface get the win. Cody and Seth shake hands, so we've kind of squashed the uh, you know the the awkward uh, beef there. Everybody celebrates, and then Nakamura hits a Kinshasa on on Seth. He takes out Seth and walks off. So the entire theme tonight of the baby faces and everything, and, and Nakamura volunteers himself in. It all appears to be a strategic plan for him to get himself front and center with champion Seth Rollins and for him to take out Seth. And commentary notes how Nakamura felt like he has been overlooked and just kind of discarded to the side so uh isa nakamura appears to be the next challenger for seth rollins's title 
Did you like how this was played out? I did. It was. Uh, we always talk about the sh- the show long story, and I feel like they did that with Shinsuke. We saw him in the first hour win his match. We saw him request the interview with Byron Saxton, saying he was going to start, you know, paving his own path. We saw him volunteer when he when when the tease was done. He gave that little stare to Cody and Seth as they walked away. And then we got the match, and then it happened. It was beautifully executed. You knew that Shinsuke was going to be part of something big tonight. And, and, I'm, and I'm happy to see Shinsuke being back in, in, in some sort of main event scene. He deserves that. Uh, again, he was staring at them as they were celebrating the little things. Same with Judgment Day when they were introducing the baby faces. The, the Priest and Finn are just staring at each other in the background. It's just It feels like everybody's just getting it right now and it's just so beautifully done and presented i'm here for all of it the match was a lot of fun it was a banger i i really liked it so overall i thought this this accomplished a lot we still don't know where we're going with finn and priest but the the tension is still there i'm very curious about jd mcdonough i thought they did a lot tonight with these two teams and the way they set up and again show long stories which will keep you watching the whole thing Bravo. I thought this was a fun episode of Raw. I know we'll get to our final thoughts, but I loved it. Yeah, Jimmy, uh, did you see the Nakamura swerve coming? Well, I kind of had a feeling, but that's only because that's me. It wasn't that I thought I saw anything that gave it away, so to speak. I thought that I thought it was done really well. I thought this, the, the surprise was there. And yes, right before the turn, you saw him kind of eyeing him up. You know, it, which gave, you know, the audience going, oh, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. So um, as far as uh, did they give it away, I don't think they gave it away. I thought they they gave people hope that Shinsuke wouldn't turn tonight before giving it to him. But the, the other thing I liked about the, this match, you know, they did the handshake thing, which we saw and and before. But it also takes away, they teased a Cody versus Seth rivalry down the road but they can put it further down the road because Shinsuke is now the priority for Seth after what happened tonight. So they could, they, you know, it, it, the seed was planted. Now they could take their time watering it. Mm-hmm. Issa, talk to me about JD McDonough. What's his role? He looks to be the Irish friendly, you know, friend of Finn who, Hey Finn, you're, you're not really welcomed here with these guys, whatever. Um, but then he goes and attacks Sami Zayn, a very lovable babyface. So, how does that play? Did is, did JD attack? You know, Sammy to get Nakamura in because he's in coots with Nakamura. Did he feel that? Oh, I'm trying to help my boy Finn, so I want to try to make it three on two. Right. Like, what, what, what's the what? What is JD McDonough's motive here? I don't know what 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 he gives you friendly vibes because he doesn't give me friendly vibes. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I think he's trying to find his role. I don't. I never saw him attacking Sammy as being in cahoots with Nakamura. I didn't see that. I saw him as trying to take somebody out for Finn because he's trying for to Finn. either pull. Finn. Me too. Me too. Right. I just, I'm throwing all possible. No, it's a good thing because when you put it that way, I'm like, oh, they could go in that direction too. And a lot of things that you mentioned earlier is all the stories that that you could take 
different routes with. This is one of them, you know, and somebody mentioned that in the chat. You could even do Finn and Priest with the briefcase on the line. There's so many things that could happen from here, but I do think that JD is trying to either pull Finn from Judgment Day or get in the Judgment Day. When Rhea came over and tried to talk some sense into the two of them, JD was in the background like, no offense, but it's the briefcase was causing all the tension. So there's like, you know, he's trying to like start putting his opinion into Judgment Day. I do think he's going to play a role in whatever Finn Balor ends up doing, whether he leaves or stays. I don't want to keep drawing comparisons. JD McDonough to the Judgment Day is kind of like six, uh, eight, nine months ago. What Sami Zayn kind of was to the bloodline. He's kind of like this yeah. weird outsider who's kind of bringing in some, some. hey, what about this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. All right. Well, that was Raw tonight. Uh, so it goes off the air with uh, Nakamura uh, being booed as he walks off from attacking Seth Rollins. Again, payback coming up. Is Seth and Shinsuke the next match? Is Rhea and Raquel? Is LA Knight versus Miz? A lot of questions, but it's certainly starting to shape up to be a very interesting card. And oh, by the way, we haven't got to SmackDown yet. And, <laughs> and what all is there? All right. Uh, final thoughts uh, on the show tonight. Jimmy. Night after, or well, two nights after SummerSlam. Give me your thoughts. Well, yeah, two nights after SummerSlam, which uh, concludes some stories, and we've got some new ones brewing. And like I said, there were some seeds planted that are, you know, you can take your time watering, especially with four weeks to go to the next PLE. So you got to, you got some time. And it, even going stuff that you could look forward to beyond the next PLE. Like I said, it looks like Shinsuke's next for, for Seth, and you can wait on the uh, Seth and Cody stuff later. But overall, I thought it was a good uh, post-SummerSlam Raw. It was entertaining. It told some good stories. And looking forward to see where they go next. And like you said, a Friday night on SmackDown, interested to see where those stories go. Right. Issa, hang on for just a second. We got a super chat from Shabowski. Uh Why haven't they pulled the trigger on the club? You have AJ, Good Brother, Shinsuke Finn. That's why you hired them, isn't it? Um a fair point. I don't know if I don't I don't know if AJ is completely healthy. I don't know if that's a factor. Um, I, I also don't know if again the, the that that reference. I don't know if all the WWE audience gets it. I don't know if they all get the Bullet Club uh, connection and lineage. Um, so I'm not quite sure but yeah but if they try they can get you if if that's what wwe really wanted they can get you get it i mean the, yeah. those video packages for ronda and china and i thought they explained their relationship mm -hmm. beautifully even if you never watch them on mma or their careers prior to wwe if they wanted to make it happen they would have i feel like there's too much of that happening at the what did triple h called that the secondary company so maybe that's why they're not trying to pull the trigger on this yeah yeah i mean they're i mean you know as it relates to shinsuke as it relates to finn they have them in their own stories for right. quite honestly, which is bigger hype than let's remanufacture a version of a group that we can't even legally brand and say on our show. Right. Um, our uh, Lego brick collectors uh, given a nice, uh, are they? There we go. Uh, thank you guys. Really good and awesome podcast. Appreciate Yay. it. All right, Issa, uh, final thoughts on uh, what went down tonight overall. I, I love that. It felt like it felt like a fallout episode again. You know, remember back like there was a period of time where the go home and the fallout episodes were a big deal and for 
there was a there was a period of time there where they didn't mean anything. You didn't even know you were going into a pay per view. This felt like we wrapped up some stories. We're gonna start some new stories. It felt like 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 SummerSlam was a season ending, and now we're starting a new season in WWE, and I loved it. All right, very good. Yeah, I agree. I think I think tonight's Raw. I was really into tonight's Raw going into it because again, coming off of SummerSlam, like I said, you know, payback. Like, what, where are we gonna? Um, shift our focus to, and I thought we got some great answers and excitement. And again, this is just Monday. Let's see what happens Friday. Um, Jimmy, plugs, cheap plug, cheap, cheap Mick Foley plugs. There we yeah. go. Uh, Monday nights here with you guys as it is, and we're probably going to be together back on Wednesday after Dynamite doing the same thing. You can catch me on the Reffing It Up podcast with my good brother in stripes, Brian Hebner, and RJ, who holds the show together for us, technically speaking. And also, you know, as host, uh, we have a lot of fun. And uh, this week, uh, last week, we talked to um, Tasha Steeles. And this week, we got Renee Dupree coming up. So it's going to be very interesting nice. chatting with uh, w- w- with the uh, my old Quebecois buddy. And, uh, <laughs> and of, of course, uh, you know, my Reffing It Up, not Reffing It Up, my Reffing Rants on all my social media platforms from Monday to Friday. Again, little critiques, not to tear down, but to tighten screws that I think need tightening. Yeah, Randy, uh, the, the image you guys shared of Randy Dupree, uh, <laughs> physical transformation that I hadn't Ooh, seen. My goodness, yeah. All right, good for him. All right, check that out. All right, Issa, uh, you, uh, give me all the cheap plugs. You've been, you've been a, a content hound. You have <laughs> so much content going on. Give it to us. I am everywhere. Yes, I'm here on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and every once in a while I pinch hit like I did tonight, so you guys can find me here. You can find me on Lucha Libre Online. That's where you're going to see all of the interviews from this weekend. Your girl was busy, but we we talked to, I told you, Gunther, Baron Corbin, Ricochet. We talked to Bianca Belair, Montez Ford, Alpha Academy. I mean, there's a lot of interviews that I got the opportunity to do this last weekend at SummerSlam. Uh, also, some of the Puerto Rico wrestling scene I cover over there on Lucha Libre Online, my own YouTube channel if you want to watch wrestling with me it's a lot of fun so uh nyc demon diva on youtube and yeah i i do other projects too i'm everywhere labar i'm trying to take over you taught me well you can't watch wrestle with her without having a drink and having a laugh that's yep. what uh all the all the interviews are they all english they're all spanish are they both they're english they're english uh it's online put out some content with the with the spanish captions so the audience can you know understand them but they're in english so you guys can go check them out you'll understand very cool very cool uh awesome well thanks to everybody for tuning in tonight for this monday night podcast uh here on wrestling again please if it it sounds really redundant but the best thing you can do comments and and ratings everything that just helps uh helps for feedback to us and helps sustain everything uh i'm at justin labar back wednesday night probably the same trio for dynamite uh friday morning spar with labar on busted open radio like i said i got some things i Got realigned up as, 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 as they're coming to Pittsburgh here soon for a premium love event. You know I'm going to be uh, in the mix and uh, aggravating and bothering all of them uh, for all of your viewing and listening uh, pleasure. So that's going to be great. Uh, thanks again to everybody who's been in the chat all night. All the super chats, all the positive comments, all the, all the positive accolades you guys left. We appreciate it. Do all that. Be safe tonight. Check back with Wrestling Inc. we got podcasts around the clock. Until then, be safe. Smoke them if you got them.